This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Edmonton, Brendan Ulrich with you on Inside Sports and for Reed Wilkins. The Oilers in a bye week, so Reed Wilkins gets a night off. Well-deserved night off. After working those weekend games, the Oilers entering the bye week, winners of two in a row. Big win over Vegas, and uh, the Coyotes didn't look good in either of those games at points, but the Oilers found a way to claw their way back and win uh, those games, large in part to the play of Darnell Nurse who has uh, four goals in his last four games, five points overall. Overall, you could say he's likely been the Oilers' best defenseman since the start of the season to now. And now the question is, do you start giving him more power play time or some power play time at all? Of course, he hasn't been on the power play at all this season. They've tried a lot of guys there. Sekera, Clefbaum, Bennings had looks, Russell even. Uh, But with the way Darnell's nurse is going right now, do you try to build off what he's doing? He clearly is getting pucks through. He has a good shot, um, and he's playing with confidence. I would say he's earned the opportunity to get some power play time. We heard Reed earlier in the show saying uh, it's about trust. How could Todd McClellan not trust Darnell Nurse at this point of the season? So... I would assume eventually he gets a look. The only problem, of course, is he's left shot. I think the Oilers ideally would like to have a, a right-handed uh, shot on the back end there, or at least someone who can uh, power the puck uh, towards the goal on one time. It, that is a right shot, such as uh, a pull the RV who may get a look there as well. I mean, why not? The power play hasn't been good all season. They didn't score against Vegas the other night on the power play. I don't see any signs, really, of the power play improving. So... Do you try Nurse there? I'd say, why not? The only other thing to consider is uh, if the power play gets hot, Darnell Nurse gets a bunch of points, you can use those numbers when it comes to you know, negotiations in the offseason. So perhaps if Darnell Nurse picks up a few power play points here and there down the uh, stretch drive here, Maybe it uh, boosts that uh, number that uh, he'll eventually sign for in the offseason. Of course, he's an RFA. They could bridge him. They could look to sign him to a long-term deal. I don't know what they're going to do. But right now, in a contract year, Darnell Nurse has emerged at the age of 22. And right now, he looks like the Oilers' best defenseman. Now, last season, it was a different uh, situation, of course. You had Sekera playing at a high level. He's been hurt for the majority of the season. Still looking like he is uh, going to take or need some more time to get over that ACL injury. Larson has struggled a bit. 
He's been banged up. Clefbaum's been banged up. But right now, Nurse, from start to uh, where we are now of the season, has been the best defenseman. So I think he's earned a chance to, to get some power play time. But if you want to chime in on that, text us at 630-630. We're going to talk a lot about football in uh, the last half hour, but we will mix in some text messages throughout the program. I also asked fans about Patrick Maroon. The situation is what it is right now for the Oilers, 10 points out of a playoff spot. By the time they return to game action on Saturday, what will that gap be? Are we looking at 12, 14 points out of a playoff spot? I mean, some of the big boys right now are stepping up their game. You look at Dallas, they've won seven of their last ten. Calgary's winners of seven in a row. San Jose is starting to score a bunch of goals. Colorado has won seven in a row. So teams are picking it up right now. I don't know if the Oilers can keep pace at all. Like, they could fall into this very quickly. So do you look at, uh, if they already haven't, so do you look at uh, re-signing Patrick Maroon, or do you look at trading him, and what would you be looking for in a trade? Would it be a pick and a prospect? Would you look to uh, maybe get a a quicker forward that isn't necessarily a rental that you could uh, use for next season? So there will be lots of options. I would assume there will be a lot of interest uh, in Patrick Maroon come the deadline and the lead up to the deadline. So what would you be looking for in return if you were the Oilers when it comes to Patrick Maroon? The news of the day, though, is about the Edmonton Eskimos. And, of course... They've signed Kevin Glenn. Now, uh, Morley Scott taped this interview prior to the show. Uh, I was doing Oilers Now at the time when uh, Kevin Glenn called, so I was trying to uh, find a way out to make this work. So it's now Inside Sports, guest hosted by Brendan Ulrich, featuring the one and only Morley Scott since he did this this interview. And, of course, Morley's the uh, play-by-play voice of the Eskimos, so it makes a little more sense for him to do it. And uh, he caught up with Kevin Glenn, who was recently released by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now he ends up with the Eskimos. And Morley asked Kevin how that whole entire process has uh, went for him over the last few weeks. Um, they've been a little different, um, you know, but at the same time, I've been through this before where, you know, when I've been released and I've had a, had a you know, do some uh, due diligence as far as uh, researching the team and or team researching me and trying to figure out if it's a good fit. So um, it came down to a couple of different teams, and I think I just felt that Edmonton was the you know was the best fit. Your numbers, I think, uh, speak for themselves, and that's why team teams would be interested in you. But why do you feel the Eskimos are a good fit for you at this stage? Um, one of my decisions on you know on you know, where I was going to continue playing was the, the organization and the, and the act and the team and what was going on, what was going on with the team, you know? So, uh, with that said, you know, I've watched Edmonton from afar for some years, you know, when, uh, when Jason Moss became the head coach, um, and then just playing against him, I felt as though like, uh, from top to bottom, you know, offense and defense and also special teams, um, they have a, a, a lot of great guys, a lot of great athletes who, who play well together. And uh, from, you know, me doing my research as far as how the team was inside the locker room, I know a lot of the coaches that are on the staff have been with them before. So kind of know how what they expect from the players. And um, and then once I, you know, got to talking to, to Brock, um, it kind of like it start. It kind of like start to, to to formulate, and and you could see that you know from my research that it was it was true. It was true what was going on inside of Edmonton's locker room, inside the organization. There was a, and that's what I that's what I wanted to be around. You know, at this point in my career, 
you want to be somewhere where you feel comfortable, you know, where, uh, where guys on, where you know guys on the team, guys inside the organization. Um, and it's just not, you know, like when you're coming out of college and this is the first, you know, professional team that you've ever played for and you don't know anything or anything about the organization. The one thing I guess that uh, you probably know from watching the Eskimos is that Mike Riley doesn't take many snaps off. Uh, how much of a factor did that play in it, knowing that I don't know how much time I'm going to get to play there? Well, there's always a um, the, the funny joke about wherever I go <laughs> play there. I always end up playing. So, But that that's just a myth and all that other stuff. Um, it just so happened to be like that. But um, – that that had nothing to do with it. You know, um, I don't think I've ever went into a situation um, like this one saying to myself, like, do I think this quarterback's going to get hurt so I can actually play? You know, like I said, at this point in my career, I wanted to be somewhere comfortable, you know, and and I, and I, and, and just not, not – I didn't want to just benefit from the situation. I want also the organization to benefit from it. And it just – like I said, it just it – it was the right decision. I mean, at the same time, the the fact that I've never played for Edmonton and this was going to complete the cycle, I mean that played a part in it too. I would I would be lying to you if I said it did. I was I was going to ask you if that played a part in it or not. It is it is a unique story for sure. Well, a guy, I mean, well, yeah, a guy who's got to play yeah, for all make, nine teams I mean, or be a part of. Yeah, when you when you have opportunities to make history like that, um, people can say what they want about about it but at the end of the day it's still it's history you know and it wasn't that i played nine years in the league and played for nine different teams this i'm going on to my 18th year you know and had a lot of success you know so um it wasn't just a fly-by-night type of situation it was a situation where i was valued in the league and at the same time i did what i needed to do um um, individually and as and being a teammate to show clubs and organizations that i'm a guy that that you can count on you must have been, I would assume, pretty proud of your numbers last year because, as you say, you're, you've been around a long time. You're 38 now, I believe, going into your 18th year. You still put up over 4,000 yards last year. You had a winning record last year. Uh, there's still, it seems, a lot left in Kevin Glenn in, in the CFL. It is, and I said to myself, um, you know, some years back, like, I, I wouldn't, I would only stop playing when I felt as though that I didn't, you know, I didn't feel as though that I can continue to play at a high level, you know, so um, I have confidence in myself to um, that I need to do what I need to do in the off season to put, to put myself in a good position to, to, to go out and, and compete at a high level. And, and like you said, I, I had, some, you know, some good numbers, wish they could have been better. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, like I, I know, you know, what I can do, you know, the confidence. And I think that it's, it's, it's starting to not starting to, but I think like, other organizations see the exact same thing and see what I bring to the table, the different intangibles that, that I bring to the table. And that's why, like you said, that's why I wasn't out of work for so long. And um, that's why I think, you know, I was contacted by a lot of guys kind of quickly. It sounds like because retirement. They, I think they felt as though that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't want another club to, to get me before they, before they did. It sounds like retirement never even entered your mind this off season. Uh, no. I, I mean, at the end of the season, when, when I spoke with Saskatchewan, the intent was, to, you know, to come back. They wanted me back. I wanted to be back. So I um, wanted to play. So it never, the retirement thing had never, you know, had never crossed my mind as far as um, this offseason went. Are you surprised the way it shook down in Saskatchewan over the last three or four weeks? Um, yeah, kind of surprised. But that's something that I'll talk about. You know, I'll talk about that later. But I was surprised uh, on how it shook down.
And uh, have you talked to Jason Moss yet about what kind of role you're going to have here with the Eskimos? Yeah, I've, I've talked uh, extensively with with uh, with Moss, even in the you know the recruiting process, so, uh, understanding uh, understanding what he demands out of a quarterback and how everything works, you know, just the organization of everything, and um, and we spoke about the hierarchy and how it was how it how it plays out, and you know, Mike's the guy, Mike's the starter, and I'm here. Um, to win a you know to win a backup job to win the second string third you know second string job and uh, I never ever I've never ever had anything given to me and I don't expect it to 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 be that way now you know I'm always going to compete I think competing makes everybody better and I'm also here to help you know help the guys not just the the starter but the guys the other quarterbacks in that in that room so we can all be you know we can all get better and progress and and because I think the the more uh, the more good quarterback play that you have from top to bottom, it, it just makes your team that much better. I imagine when you look at the offense of the Eskimos, too, and the way they play and the weapons they have, you know, Darius Bowman, Darrell Walker, Duke Williams, Bryant Mitchell, uh, even with the departure of uh, Brandon Zilstra, that's still a pretty good offense. Throw in C.J. Gable in the backfield, and that's kind of a quarterback's dream, is it not? It is. I mean, uh, I, I came from a place where uh, it's kind of a quarterback's dream to play with some so many athletes on that side of the ball, and then you turn around and you go to Edmonton, and, and they have very similar, um, very similar guys. So um, big time that you know Darrell Walker was able to sign back, and um, I'm, I'm just excited to to play with these guys. I've been in the league a long time and watched AD, watched the Darius um, Bowman play. And I never got a chance to play with him, so this would be this would be a pretty good situation to be able to throw some passes to. Him. Uh, to know your past, I know this is probably kind of a loaded question, but I imagine you've played with some of these Eskimos somewhere along the line in the CFL. Uh, I've played with a couple guys um, on the Eskimos team. Uh, I even played with some of the coaches. You know, played against some of the coaches. <laughs> you know played under some of the coaches that are there right now. When and Mike Benavides, uh Mike Gibson, played with uh D Maxi, uh, played against Barry Miles. Um so it it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be kinda cool. Uh, I want to go back to that, uh, to, to playing for all nine teams or being a part of all nine organizations. Uh, you talked about how that, that did, in fact, weigh into your decision. Do you mark that in any way? Do you get jerseys up in your rec room downstairs in your TV room with uh, with your name on the back of all nine jerseys? Uh, yeah, I do. I haven't I haven't put them all up yet because I was waiting to complete the cycle. So that, that probably will be... Uh, one of the tasks that that I that I have to accomplish before the season starts <laughs> is hanging them all up. I got them all. I got all of them except for this one. So, excellent. I had a, uh, it was kind of funny because uh, my my daughter when when my daughter found out exactly what team I was going to choose, she was like uh, a little upset, a little down. And I'm like, me and my wife are sitting there like like what is what's wrong, Dylan? You know why 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 are you so upset? Like, and she's like. Because I don't have an Edmonton jersey, <laughs> so I gotta get right on it and to call Edmonton uh, the, the the store in order to get a jersey for my daughter because she's not happy right now because she wants the jersey. So she's got all nine as well then now. Actually, she doesn't have all nine. She only has the ones where she were when when I was playing and she was in the league. So she doesn't have. Um, you never have. I, I don't have a the red black sort of Toronto jersey. I actually have to get those. But my my daughter has everything from Calgary on. 
That's outstanding. That's Kevin Glenn chatting with Morley Scott. Soon his daughter will have an Eskimos jersey. And I was joking at the start of the show about the traveling yoggers. I'd be shocked, Kellen Kennedy, if there isn't someone out there that aren't a group of friends that shows up at an Eskimo game this season with all their buddies and they're wearing a Kevin Glenn jersey from each team. Would you be shocked at all by that? No. Or it wouldn't surprise me. No. It's going to happen. No. They'll probably be standing behind you. On a sideline. Yes. Well, maybe it'll be you and your friends. Nah. Get your buddies together. Why not? Those tickets are too expensive for me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I got to go up in the nosebleeds. You can go up in the nosebleeds. So, yeah. yeah. Once you guys get your jerseys. Exactly. Well, that'd be awesome. That'd I'm be sure good. someone yeah. will do it. No, great selection by the Eskimos. And uh, yeah, I like this quarterback lineup going into 18. I think it's deadly. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mike Riley, league's most outstanding player. You had a nice CFL veteran in Kevin Glenn that will have a lot of weapons. He can throw the ball. And uh, he showed last year he was still a quality uh, CFL quarterback. Like, the situation the Eskimos are in right now, if Riley were to go down, I think they want to... The ultimate goal, of course, is to win the Great Cup. But the fact that the Great Cup's in Edmonton, that adds a little bit more to it. And I think the Eskimos are going all in right now this season. They want to be there for that Great Cup. So it makes sense to add a veteran like Kevin Glenn as an as a security blanket behind Mike Riley. 721 Edmonton. We're going to take a time out, then we'll hear briefly from Eskimos GM Brock Sunderland. Later on in the program, we're going to hear from Eric Smith. He is the Vikings team reporter about the Minneapolis Miracle last night. That's all ahead on Inside Sports. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 7:24. This is Inside Sports. Ulrich in for Wilkins. We just heard from Kevin McGlenn, who signed a deal with the Eskimos today. Eskimos GM Brock Sunderland commented on how those neg- negotiations went. Well, they were good negotiations. He's his only agent, which makes things a little easier. I think he's been around a long time, so he's well-versed and what a fair deal is and how it goes. So I went back and forth for about a week, week and a half. And, uh, you know, I think we came to a point where we both thought the deal was fair. And, you know, Penn got the paper and he's officially an Eskimo, so it worked out well. I talked to him earlier and he joked uh, that, that he knows about the Kevin Glenn uh, the Kevin Glenn injury bug that seems to happen when he signs with the team and the starting quarterback gets hurt. Yeah. He, of course, hopes that doesn't happen and says it's all a fallacy. But he's such a great insurance policy, isn't he? He is. That's why we did it. I mean, if you look at 2015, uh, did the Eskimos win the Grey Cup without Matt Nichols? Probably not. And haven't been with the organization in 2016, I don't think we won the Grey Cup without Trevor Harris. So, you know, we have all the confidence in the world of our younger guys in our roster, and we think the arrow is up. But when you have a guy out there with the wealth of knowledge that Kevin brings, not only just on the field, but what he brings to the quarterback room on helping mentor those young guys and being a really good sounding board for Mike, um, it was a no-brainer, and the guy went out and won a lot of games last year. He won a playoff game on the road, so the talent's still there. Uh, did a lot of research with other people that have been with him in the league, and he's never an issue. He's great for the locker room. He knows his role. He knows that, that Mike Riley is the starting quarterback, and I just want to be emphatic about that, that there's no quarterback competition here. Riley's the quarterback, so I mean, I, I'd be shocked if people even had to, to ask that, but I'll just stop that rumor or discussion mm-hmm. before it starts. That's Brock Sunderland. You can hear that entire conversation up right now at uh, 630ched.com. We may run some more of that later on in the program. Uh, In that interview, Sunderland also saying the Eskimos are very close to signing Aaron Grimes. 
Uh, not official yet. They also are looking at bringing back uh, J.C. Sherritt. So lots of work still to be done here as uh, the Eskimos offseason moves along. It's 7.27 right now in Edmonton. Moving along inside sports. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Eric Smith. He is the Vikings team reporter. What a finish for the Vikings. That next up, they have the Eagles and then maybe the Super Bowl in Minneapolis on home field. We'll talk to Eric about all that when we get back here on Inside Sports. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 630 Chad, the home of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. Brendan Ulrich with you tonight in for Reed Wilkins. The Oilers on a bye week, of course, so Reed Wilkins is taking the night off. He'll be back in the big chair tomorrow. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Eskimos. Speaking of the Eskimos, as you know, uh, Brandon Zilstra, is now a member of the Minnesota Vikings uh, organization, signed a futures deal earlier uh, this offseason for the CFL. And uh, we're going to chat with uh, Vikings reporter Eric Smith next year on Inside Sports. And uh, we'll break down last night's game and talk about what's next for the Vikings as they get set to take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship. Eric, welcome to uh, Inside Sports. How are things going? Hey, I'm good, Brendan. How you doing? Not bad at all. Um, have you come down after last night? Are you still up there, feeling pretty good in the in the sky after that victory last night? Uh, yeah, I think my uh, you know heart stopped pounding <laughs> a, a, a few hours ago. Uh, it was definitely probably one of the craziest games I've ever seen, and probably one of the craziest games the NFL has ever seen in the playoffs. And yeah, it's just been a wild, a wild 24, 25 hours. Uh, just I don't think. People can really put it into words yet, but they're just trying to comprehend it all. Yeah, no doubt about that. You mentioned uh, one of the wildest games you've ever seen. I mean, first of all, the fact that the Vikings, the best defense in the league, uh, you know, gives up a 17 nothing lead, and then there was, what, four lead changes in the final three minutes or so, and then it ends like that for the, the Vikings to finally erase some of those playoff demons that we've seen uh, in the past few years. I mean, just what a moment. What was it like uh, in the stadium, I guess? It was... I guess it was a roller coaster, you know, because, you know, the Vikings are up 17 nothing, and you're thinking, okay, you know, it's, we're probably not going to blow them out, you know, by that much, but you're thinking, okay, we're, we're at least winning, you know, and, and it's a good start. And, you know, against Drew Brees, you, you kind of take all the points you can get. And, you know, then it's 17 7, and you're like, okay. But then, you know, Keenum throws the interception, and all of a sudden it's 17 14, and, you know, you're going into the fourth quarter, you're like, all right, well, we got we to gotta buckle up because this is going to be quite the ride. In the last three minutes, I mean, it was such a blur. Um, you know, there was so much, so much drama that went on in those couple minutes. You know, we get the the field goal to go up six, and then they come back and score. Obviously, with three minutes left, and then we kick the field goal. They kick the field goal, and you're just trying to honestly hold on to a little bit of hope in the last 25 seconds and say, "Hey, you know, let's just try to get in a field goal range." I don't think anyone could have predicted what was going to happen with. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, well, oh man, like, break down that play, though, like, of course, everyone's saying it's a broken play, feel bad for Williams, but, uh, you know, Diggs, I know, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer was talking about how he at first said, get out of bounds, get out of bounds, and then that didn't happen, Um, like, just for that all to uh, go the way it did, everything had to go right, I guess, because in real, 
in reality, I guess uh, Williams could have just stood there, let him catch the ball, and then tackled him. Like that would have been the easy thing to do, you would think, but uh, just a broken play all around. So it was just, uh, it was just insane. Um, I'm assuming you, you heard from Diggs a lot today. What was uh, his emotions like? Clearly, we saw it on TV on the field. He, he didn't want to leave. He was celebrating like it was the biggest moment in his life. So that was a uh, pretty cool too. Yeah, and I, I think it was the, the uh, biggest moment in his life. We actually didn't hear from Stefan today. He uh, he wasn't in the locker room for open locker room, uh, but he, you know he talked funny after the game yesterday. Um, as far as the play, I mean, you know, I, I I'm not kidding when I say I've seen it hundreds of times. You know, you just replay it over and over, and we have replays, you know, videos and fan reactions and all that. You know. Uh, yeah, I think the New Orleans safety, like you said, he could have just tackled him inbounds, and that would have been it. I, I don't know what their scheme was or what what he was, you know, coach to do. Um, but you know, I think first off, it, it was a great throw by by Case Keenum. You know, yeah. he, we, he was back, you know, thirty thirty five yard line. He fired a rope, you know, thirty yards up to the, you know, uh, Dave was right about the thirty five yard line. And I think you're right. Everyone was like, you know, get out of bounds. But Diggs said that before, you know, so Diggs ran a corner route on that. So he goes up and then kind of breaks, you know, diagonally towards the sideline. And he said right before he broke towards the sideline, he kind of took a mental picture and realized that Williams was the only, was pretty much the only guy left, you know, between him and the end zone. So that when he caught the ball and came down and felt that Williams brushed past him, he knew there was no one behind him. And I don't think that a lot of people may be watching on TV realized that but they thought maybe hey there's a safety another safety behind them but William was the last guy and you know when I was watching in the press box you you see Williams miss and one of my coworkers was like you know get out of bounds and I'm like no like run there's no one left and just open green turf and, and he ran what would it mean, I guess, now to uh, you know host uh, the Super Bowl? It's never happened before. The home, uh, the host team hosting the Super Bowl, and you just need to get through the Eagles uh, with Nick Foles. Uh, I, I, it looks like uh, the Vikings are three-point uh, favorites in this game, despite being on the road against uh, the Eagles. Um, it is interesting. I guess both teams have their backup quarterbacks in, but of course, the way Keenum has played, he certainly looks like a starting quarterback. Just the fact that Bradford got hurt early in the year. Maybe talk about his uh, transformation throughout the season. Uh, of course, with Houston, there were some troubles there. Never really made it, uh, but he's looked pretty good uh, with this Viking squad. How much, uh, you know, do you like to get to where the, the Vikings have been this season? How much is on his shoulders the way he's played? I would say a lot. I would say a lot, you know, when, when the Vikings signed case, you know, back in March, you know, it, it never, it didn't really make much news, you know, because, um, you know, we, we had Sam Bradford obviously, and we knew he was going to be the starter and everyone was kind of waiting to see what would happen with Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, when we went to, we were in, you know, spring practices and even in training camp, the talk, the, 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 the all, pretty much all the talk about case was, he, he was essentially batting for, battling for the third string job because they're like, oh, when, when Teddy comes back, he'll be, you know, probably be the backup. Maybe he'll start, but Case will be the third string guy. Well, then, you know, Sam goes down and Teddy's not ready. And we're like, well, I guess it's Case. And no one really knew much about him. You know, we, we knew that he had kind of struggled, you know, uh, with the Texans and the Rams. You know, but he wasn't, he hadn't really never, he'd never really been in a great situation. You know, those teams that kind of struggled offensively. 
And here in Minnesota, you know, we have, you know, two great receivers and Diggs and Adam Thielen. Um, you know, at that time we had Dalvin Cook as a, as a yeah. strong running back. But, Everyone forgets you know, about get that. Of course, he was so good at the start of the year. Right, you know, but Murray and McKinnon have, have picked up the slack there. You know, you have Kyle Rudolph as a good tight end, and our offensive line is much improved from last year. So I think it would, in, in case it talked about this before, it was just a great situation for him to come into, you know. And then especially with our defense, our offense doesn't need to score 35 points a game to win. You know, this, 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 isn't, this isn't Houston, you know, like in, in college where, you know, he, he needs to put up all these numbers to win. You know, he can just manage the game and not turn the ball over and make big plays. And more, more often than not, you know, the Vikings are going to win. You know, and they did. They went. We, we went thirteen and three. But yeah, a lot of it does fall on Case because, you know, without him, Sam's hurt and Teddy's not ready. Who's the quarterback? You know, and if Case hadn't played so well, you know, I, I'm not sure if the Vikings make the playoffs, and you know, it would have been a much tougher road than the one we took. Well, the defense is outstanding. Uh, big fan of Mike Zimmer. I'm a Bengals fan, so I was, uh, you know, upset when he left the Bengals to become uh, the Vikings coach. But now I'm uh, happy to see him, uh, you know, pick up that first playoff win there with the Vikings. Of course, you know what happened in 2015 there when uh, Blair Walsh missed uh, that game-winning field goal, which was tough to uh, swallow for Vikings fans. But I'm happy for him, and this defense is so good, Eric. Uh, I don't see any way Nick Foles beats them. Like, I would be shocked. I know it's a three-point line. They're on the road, but I see why the Vikings are favorites in this one. Uh, do you see any way that Nick Foles finds a way to uh, solve this Vikings D? I don't know. I mean, after after watching you know last week's game, I'm not going to ever rule, rule anything out again in my entire life. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I think Foles played well last week. Um, you know, but the, and the Eagles have a great defense, you know, and they have playmakers on offense, too. You know, I think one thing that, you know, those of us in the, in the Vikings building are kind of reminded of is that we went to Philadelphia last year, and that was pretty much the start of our free fall, you know, for our, you know, kind of up and down 2016 season. We were 5-0 and when we went there, and we probably played one of the worst games of the year. You know, it started a train wreck, and then we obviously finished 8-8. and And I think Philadelphia is a hard place to play. You know, those, those fans are into it, you know, and, and pretty energetic. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, I think these have been the two best teams in the NFC all season, and these teams definitely, you know, have uh, put forth the, the work and the effort to get here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Sunday. Yeah, well, I'm sure you are. Uh, yeah, it should be outstanding. Um, before I let you go, just wanted to ask you about uh, Brandon Zilstra. Have you heard anything about him? Of course, uh, he was with the Eskimos. He was outstanding in the CFL last season. He signed a futures deal. Not sure if there's any buzz about uh, him right now in Minnesota or is it all about the team right now. He did tweet something out after the game, though, saying it's in, that he's looking forward to being a uh, part of the organization next season. Hopefully he can make it. We'll see what happens. Not sure if there's any buzz about him right now, though, in Minnesota with the way the team's going. Yeah, I think there was a little bit uh, when we when we signed him. You know, we're like, okay, that's something to keep our eye on. You know, in the spring, you know, when we, you know, when the, after the draft hits and we get in for you know spring practices. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of comparing him to Adam Adam Thielen. You know, kind exactly. Of a, I was thinking that guy, too. A guy, a guy who took a different route. You know, not a not a uh, a guy who was drafted. You know, or a, a well known guy or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, Brandon is kind of someone to focus on in the spring, and I think we're excited to 
kind of see how he looks. But when when you're one win away from the Super Bowl, it's kind of all hands on deck and all eyes on on the current team right now. Yeah, he's from Spicer, Minnesota, so cool story for him to go close to his hometown here with the Vikings. You mentioned Thielen, though. Uh, that's the thing with Zilstra. He catches everything just like Thielen, so that's why that comparison, I think, is there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's still going to be tough to, for him to crack the roster, but I, I think he has a chance. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But thanks for taking some time tonight, Eric. We'll have to do it again soon, especially if uh, you know the Vikings pull this out and uh, advance to the Super Bowl here. What a story that would be to have the Super Bowl in Minnesota as well and then the Vikings playing in it. What would that mean, I guess, to the city? Uh, it would mean a lot. It would mean a lot. I mean, these, these fans up here, you know, we've We've uh, been through some some rough times, you know, especially in the playoffs. You know, being 0 for 4 and Super Bowls, and you know, losing some championship games and you know some NFC championship games in heartbreaking fashion. And you know, you mentioned the 2015 playoff game. Um, I think you you mentioned earlier you're, you're a big fan of Coach Zimmer. I think that's something that the fans here have embraced. They've embraced him a lot, and he's done the same. You know, he uh, you know I know he comes off as that tough guy. You know the the drill sergeant, you know, the guy, who, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, just like a, a tough coach, you know, but, but he cares a lot about his players. And, you know, we found that he cares a lot about this, about this community. You know, he was, uh, he, he did his press conference today and he was asked about the crowd and, you know, the crowd yesterday was, was fantastic. But also, you know, at the wild game, you know, the hockey, the hockey game was going on at the same time. The fans there were going nuts and, at the Timberwolves basketball game, the fans there were going nuts, and fans all over were, you know, were just going crazy when we won. And he didn't get choked up, but you could tell he was emotional about it, and you can tell, you can just tell how much he wants he wants to win. You know, not not you know for himself and the team, but but for the fans in Minnesota as well. Well, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Vikings as well from here on out. The Bengals didn't make it to the playoffs. They'll probably never win a Super Bowl, so I'm cheering for the Vikings. But uh, we'll see what happens, Eric. Uh, Thanks for taking some time tonight. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Thanks, Brendan. I appreciate it. Anytime. That's Eric Smith, uh, the Minnesota Vikings reporter. Works for the team and their website there. You can follow him on Twitter as well. Just going to pull that up here in a second. If you want to follow the Vikings story, Eric underscore L. Smith on Twitter. 747 in Edmonton tonight. Who do you ha- who do you like from here on out? Is Tom Brady going to win another Super Bowl? Or do you like one of these underdog stories? Kellen, jump in here quickly. Who would you pick as the favorite out of the Final Four right now? Uh, well, the, the, obviously the favorite out of the Final Four would be New England out of the four. But I'm uh, asking your favorite. But my p- but pick... Vegas says the favorites. Yeah, the that's that's right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> um, man, well, if the Vikings so, host the, so If the Vikings much, host this game, yeah. they're the favorites, hands down. Yeah, like, absolutely. You get to the Super Bowl and host it. But th- these four teams are so... There's so much parity between these four teams, it's hard to pick two out of the four, I think. Yeah, teams are a little different. I think this this is probably the most competitive AFC-NFC championship games we've seen in maybe five years or so, I would say. Um, Yeah, Vikings after last night, I think. uh, I'd love to see them in a Super Bowl, so I'm... Be It'll back be a great story, yeah. So yeah, it's a great story. Um, Jags would be a cool story. The too. Jags would be a cool story. You know what? Vikings and Jags. Why not? Right there, you go. Well, Reed was saying he thinks uh, the Jags have something cooking. Um, everyone was thinking, okay, it's going to be Steelers and uh, Patriots. Not so fast. 
The thing is that defense is so dominant for the Jags, yet they still gave up like 42 points to Big Big Ben in that game yeah. yesterday. So that was surprising. Yeah. But, of course, they had the big lead, and Ben was sort of playing in garbage time the entire way through. They were just sort of holding down the fort. They found a way to get done. I think Fournette had three touchdowns. He's outstanding. It, He's so good. It's the playoffs, BU. Anything yeah. can happen. Can't wait for Sunday. Oh, yeah. Going to be some good football on Sunday. Texter says Brady for sure. Well, yeah, you can never go wrong picking Brady. Every time you go against Brady, he seems to uh, win. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I say anybody but Brady this year. It's 7.49. Uh, we'll take a time out here on Inside Sports. We'll come back and wrap things up. I wanted to play a clip as well from Andrew Cogliano. Did you hear this clip, Kellen? We'll get to that when we come back. I have, but emotional. I know the situation. Yeah, yeah it's very emotional weird. Guy. Yep. So we'll, we'll hear that when we get back here on Inside Sports. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. Hey, that was Reed Wilkins in that last commercial there. He's not here tonight, but I can feel him here in spirit. He'll be back tomorrow on the big chair. And uh, he'll have two big guests on the program. I'm sure he's working on more, but right now he has Darcy Hortachuk confirmed for tomorrow as he gets back to Enforcers Week. And also, Caitlin Osmond, who is, uh, of course, a figure skater. And uh, she's from Sherwood Park. And she was named to the Canadian Olympic team. I think it was yesterday or today. Happened recently, but uh, she'll be going to the Olympics, and she'll be on the uh, program tomorrow night with Reed Wilkins. I mentioned Andrew Cogliano, and uh, his Ironman streak is officially over, and it's not because he was injured. It's because he will be serving a two-game suspension. Now, this is courtesy of Fox Sports West, Kent uh, French, was interviewing Cogliano during today's game. Of course, he was sitting it out. The uh, Ducks lost to the Avalanche, but uh, Cogliano, very emotional about his uh, iron streak ending at 830 consecutive games. Yeah, it's something that, you know, I think as... I don't, I don't really talk about too much uh, as I've been going through it because, you know, you're in the process of it, but it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, I'm not going to lie, you know... Uh, you know, I think I've, I've, I've played hard and I've battled and, and um, I'm a professional and someone that I've, uh, you know, I've played a long time and um, I missed the game. So, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> you feel for the guy. I mean, fourth longest Ironman streak in NHL history over, not due to an injury because of a suspension. Now, we can argue all day if it was a suspension or not. I mean, it was a hit to the head. I likely think it deserves a suspension, but the situation sucks because of it. And it's the longest Ironman streak in more than 23 years in the NHL. Third longest Ironman streak across the NHL, NBA, MLB to start a career. So just, I mean, that's outstanding. It just sucks that it ends due to a suspension. Because I guess it was something that could have been avoided and he could have, who knows? Would he have never... Mr. Game in his career, <laughs> like, like the way he was going, he was on pace for that. So it's tough to see that uh, happen. Mm. Uh, do you have in your information over there who has the streak now currently? Now that uh, That's a good question. Out. I'd have to look that up. Maybe you can look it up for me quickly. If yeah, you have I'll, a I'll take a look and see. I believe well, I, it, there's, there can't be anyone even close. No. Is there? I, I saw it earlier today, but yeah. I'll, I'll see. Pull it up and uh, let me know. NHL action from earlier today, as we mentioned, the Ducks. 
losing to the Colorado Avalanche. They won seven in a row. San Jose knocking off LA 4-1. The game right now, the Islanders taking on the Habs. Matthew Barzell, three points in this game for the Islanders. He has eight points now uh, through his last five periods and eight minutes to be exact. Still a chance for him to strike again. Man, he is good. Finding chemistry right now with uh, Jordan Eberle as uh, the Islanders lead the Habs 4-3 right now in the third period. I can't find it. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that one for tomorrow. That'll Maybe be for Reed tomorrow night, yeah, for sure. For that I'm sure Reed will find out. Yeah. He's probably listening right now. No, he yeah. has better things to do with his night off, that's for sure. Exactly. All right. He's probably at his favorite uh, Monday night spot, having a steak. <laughs> I know he likes to do that on Mondays with his good buddy, Courtney. That wraps up uh, the Monday edition of uh, Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins back tomorrow. I'll be back uh, producing Oilers Now tomorrow with Bob Stoffer. We'll have Mark Spector in the studio. We will also have Hockey Canada GM Sean Burke on the program to talk about the Olympic roster as well. So that's uh, Oilers Now tomorrow. After that, Reed Wilkins will have Darcy Hortichuk and Caitlin Osman on Inside Sports. Caitlin Osman off to the Olympics as well for Team Canada. Thanks for helping out tonight, Kellen. It's been a blast. A pleasure be you. We'll see you again soon. I don't know if I'll ever be back hosting the show. Maybe one day. I'll put in a good word for you. <laughs> Thanks. Reed doesn't take much time off. He's a hard worker, so uh, he'll be back tomorrow and uh, the rest of the week as the Oilers are on a bye week. The news of the day, though, the Eskimos adding Kevin Glenn. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Oilers Now. So long from Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.